Rich spoke last week about an Olympic athlete who, in the middle of a three-day event, a decathlon in which he was uh, pitted to win the gold, his shoes were stolen and he ended up digging in the garbage can and finding shoes in order to finish his race. And the shoes that he found, if you were listening last week, you might have seen, they had huge big spikes on. They looked pretty cool, like you could get good grip. And he ended up going on to win the gold. And as much as that story is a story of overcoming and it's a story of incredible difficulty, it also made me a little bit jealous. And I wish that I had what he had inside of him, that just ability to keep going, that he had something, although he lost his shoes, he had something that many of us lack, that spirit, that unconquerable spirit to be able to know exactly what he was called to and to have his feet digging into the ground and pushing forward into that purpose. And... I find sometimes, particularly in the last few months, that instead of looking like Jim Thorpe, I look a little bit like an astronaut in space trying to cook. My kids are obsessed with astronaut shows at the moment, and one of the things that they are watching is these astronauts cooking in space, and they're trying to cook, and everything's floating around, and they're grabbing it and trying to mix it in. Once a week, apparently, these astronauts have pizza nut. That is an absolute blast, because everything's floating away, and you've got to try and put it on a flat pizza, and what they end up having to do is put a lot of of paste on their pizza so that they can stick these things on. The worst is showering and they're trying to wash your hair. They spray water at their hair and the water go, droplets go floating around and they have to catch them and squash them back onto their heads. And for me, it reminds me a little bit of some of my thoughts sometimes, just floating around and I feel like I have to grab them and put them back in my head. I don't know if you experience that, but for me, that's a definite sign. It means that I'm missing something incredibly important, something even more important than gravity, and that is the anchoring, the centering presence of God. I need that in my life. I, I rely on it heavily. I cannot survive without it. When I'm missing the presence of God in my life, it's a little bit like missing the most essential ingredient of gravity when you're trying to cook. The most essential, not even an ingredient, it's actually an environment. It's more than an ingredient. Like gravity or oxygen, the presence of God is an environment in which we are meant to live. And certainly, I find myself completely unable to flourish outside of it. Now, I don't know where you are sitting right now, whether you're finding yourself in the presence of God, but always we want more and more of the presence of God, more and more of that centering presence, more and more gravity, so to speak, to hold us to what we are supposed to be doing, holding us to the ground to be able to run our race. And right now, everything is really out of routine. We have been completely out of routine with COVID and things going upside down. Here in South Africa, we've had lockdown, and the world was talking in the beginning of lockdown about the best benefit of having a forced rest uh, and how good it was for us all to step off the, the out of the rat race for a little while. But actually, as time went on and we had different pressures upon us, we realized that we have arrived at this point in 2020 a little bit unhinged, a little bit bruised and battered and worse for wear. And actually, some of us might be experiencing what I am talking about in terms of just feeling a little bit scattered, feeling a little bit disorientated. And like, actually, if only we could have Jim Thorpe's spikes to be able to dig into the ground and run forward. I want to zoom in specifically to something that uh, Rich spoke last week, and that was when he mentioned about Jesus running his race and the fact that Jesus never gave up. The fact that Jesus was totally committed to running his race and to getting to the finish line. In actual fact, he did that as a man, that he could have failed. 
he could have failed at his task. And to me, that is completely overwhelming because our entire existence, our forgiveness, my life depends on him having succeeded at his task, and he did. He did, but he did it as a man, and so he could have been tempted to quit. He could have been tempted to give up. What was it that he did that so prepared him to be able to follow through, so prepared him to be able to have feet on the ground, so to speak, when it was time to run his race, when it was time to set his face towards what God had called him to Without gravity to hold me, I find that I just have no feet on the ground, no ability to exert resistance in order to resist the ebbs and the flows of societal norms and things that everybody else is doing, or even the downhill flow of my own unrestrained nature. Friction needs weight in order to, in order to take force, in order to be able to resist just that pull in every other direction and particularly towards our unrestrained nature. Sometimes I find myself coveting those rusty old spikes of Jim Thorpe's that he found in the rubbish dump to just be able to dig my feet into the ground. When I think about Jesus, it makes me wonder. I wonder who or what rests its existence or redemption on the hope that I will dig my toes into the ground and run my race. Who or what rests its existence or redemption on the hope that I will dig toes into the ground and run my race? And I wonder who for you is depending on you to be able to run your race. We're going to read today from Hebrews 12, which encourages us to be inspired by Jesus' race and to run likewise. Hebrews 12 verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter. Many, many of the translations say the finisher of our faith. He finished his race. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down on the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him, consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son? It says, my son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline, and do not lose heart when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he chastens everyone he accepts as a son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? And skipping down to verse 11, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees and make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. 
Consider him, Scripture encourages us. Consider him who was able to finish his race, who was able to perfect our faith and be able to do, be everything that we couldn't be and match ourselves to him, apprentice ourselves to him. Jesus tells us how he did it. He invites us into it. He invites us into the unforced rhythms of grace. He invites us into the path of being able to run our race. And he, he gives us everything we need in order to be able to do it. Earlier this year, before COVID, we were in a series called The Apprentice, where we we were learning how to train ourselves towards uh, the ways of Jesus. Jesus has done everything. He not only has enabled us to throw off all sin, all worry, all concern, everything that we are obsessed with, we are able to throw it off because of what he did at the cross. We're able to throw it onto him, and he is able to carry it to the finish line when we couldn't, and we get to to have a fresh race. We get to have a fresh race and he teaches us how to run it. In Matthew 11, verse 28, we read this from the message translation. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Keep company with me, Jesus says. As I was speaking at the beginning about the presence of God being that centering piece, that gravity that is so essential to a simple task like cooking, that Jesus is that centering piece and he says, walk with me, come with me in my presence, stay with me and I will train you. Anthem, we have been called to a great future. We know that 2021 is ahead of us with incredible plans. We know the things that God is calling us to. We know that he's calling us to something great, to something that is worth being a legacy, something that is building for the future. But Jeremiah 12 verse 5 says this, If you have raced with men on foot and they have worn you out, how can you compete with horses? If you stumble on flat land, How will you manage in the thickets? We have had this opportunity to be trained. We've had this opportunity to be ready. And if we cannot keep up in the times when things have slowed down, we need to be able to train ourselves. We need to learn the ways of Jesus so that we will keep up in the great plans that he has for us and the bigger races that he has for us to run. The first thing that Jesus did, my first point, really I've just got two today, and the first one is he was not tired and strained by walking at a pace that wasn't his and by carrying burdens that weren't his. Jesus was okay with that. He was okay with not carrying burdens that weren't his. I wonder if you've ever considered the fact that in heaven, God enthroned is able to carry burdens that we are not able to carry. He is able to carry all sorts of things. But Jesus on earth had restrictions. He had limitations. He had only one earthly mission, one specific thing that he was called to. And the disciples, when they were looking for him in Mark, they come and they say, where are you? We've been looking for you everywhere. Everybody is looking for you. Everybody wants to find you. And Jesus doesn't turn and say, even though he loves the people that are looking for him, even though they needed him desperately, they, they needed him for healing and for miracles and for situations that they wanted help. They were genuine Christians. 
cries for help. And yet Jesus was able to say, that is not for me to deal with. I know what I've been called to. I've been called to a very specific purpose, an earthly purpose. And he embraced his limitations. He embraced the fact that he could not do more than what the Father had called him to do. How many of us, we, we want to be God in other people's lives. We want to save people. We want to carry other people's burdens, which is good in its place. But we do it over and above even what Jesus did. We want to carry it in a way that only God enthroned in heaven is able to carry burdens. And we can't do that. We need to learn how to disentangle ourselves from the things that people are carrying, disentangle ourselves from our own situations that are too big for us. Again, last week, Richard mentioned a, a practice that he had begun and a couple of us were doing that an app was helping us to do, the One Minute Pause app. But really what that app is, is really an ancient practice. It's a modern way of an ancient practice of the daily offices of prayer. That is prayer at nighttime. They've all got special names over the Christian history and I don't know all of them, but it's nighttime prayer and sunrise prayer and early morning prayer and then 9 a.m., sort of mid-morning, lunchtime, 3 p.m., mid-afternoon, and then sunset, evening, and nighttime again. There was throughout the day this regular habit of coming before God and handing everything over to Him. The very words that we are saying when we uh, are using this app, when we are, are practicing our own daily offices, Richard and I and John and Nix and a couple of others, is we take a moment, we close our eyes, and we say the words, Jesus... I give everything and everyone to you. Jesus, I give everyone and everything to you. And it's just this process of disentangling ourselves from taking ownership of things that we are unable to own. It's disentangling ourselves from more than we are able to manage. And in that moment, I found with myself, I've got all sorts of things. We've all got all sorts of things going on. This child perhaps needs OT and this problem over here and this best friend who's going through an incredibly difficult time. And I feel that I should be closer with her and all of these different things that we're dealing with and trying to just make decisions on. And I sit in that moment, and as I say, Jesus, I give everyone and everything to you. I notice that as I hand them from my hands into his hands, they don't look so big. Somehow in his hands, they look so much more manageable. Not small in importance, but just small in the ability of God to manage those situations. They get big on me, but they don't seem to look big on him and in his hands. So when we are talking about Jesus walking in such a way that he was not strained, walking at a pace that wasn't his, and carrying burdens that weren't his, he was able to disentangle himself from burdens that were not his to carry in that moment, that he was not able to do, and therefore he was able to focus on his mission. Also, uh, he, we are called in that scripture that we've just read in Hebrews to throw off the sin that entangles ourselves. How many of us right now are feeling tired, are feeling strained, are feeling like I want to run my race, but I just can't do it. I don't know how to do it. I'm exhausted. I just can't keep up. But we have habits of sin in our lives that are the very things that are exhausting us, are the very things. I could mention so many, but you know what it is. 
We are called to wage war, as we heard again last week. We are called to wage war. We need to know our enemy so that we know against which we are waging war. We need to know what we are waging war against. So identify the sin in your life and make the decision to disentangle, to throw off the sin that hinders you because Jesus has accepted it. He is able to carry that sin all the way to the finish line, all the way to the cross and deal with the, deal with the cost of that sin. So throw off the sin that entangles us. Disentangle ourselves from situations that are not ours to carry, burdens that we're not able to carry. We are called, of course, to support one another and carry each other's burdens, but that does, is not by me becoming you, but rather by me supporting you and me enabling, helping you in, in your situation. And so we, Jesus was not tired or strained by walking at a pace that wasn't his and carrying burdens that were his. 1 Peter 5 verse 7 says this in the most beautiful way, this disentangling, it says this, live carefree before God. He is most careful with you. Live carefree before God. He is most careful with you. He's got it. He's got you. He's not going to drop the things that you put into his hands. And countless testimonies of things that I've put into his hands, prayed about, handed over to him, and then he sorts them out and they come right. So I encourage you to do that. But then my second point, I've only got two, was he was, this is Jesus, Jesus was trained by carrying the weights and responsibilities perfectly allocated by his creator for his design, by his father, for his design. Jesus was trained by carrying the things that he was called to carry, by carrying the weights that he was called to carry. Hebrews 12 verse 12 we read earlier said, make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather be healed. This is the interesting thing about a journey with Jesus, about even work with Jesus and training with Jesus and carrying weights alongside Jesus, is that it's the kind of training that you can get healed along the way. It's the kind of race that you don't actually have to stop in order to get healed, in order to come right. And that is because he has rhythms, rhythms of Sabbath rest, rhythms of solitude and finding a quiet place, that Eremus we heard about in the apprenticeship series, finding that solitude place, that place of re-engaging with the presence of God, re-centering ourselves on that gravity that comes when he is with us. Walk with me, he says, and work with me. That in, in the message translation, we read, walk with me and work with me in the unforced rhythms of grace. Walk with me and work with me means that other translations would say, take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you. Now, a yoke would be something that oxen would have tied to them in order to pull a load. In order to take Jesus' yoke upon us, we need to be very close to him. His yoke is right with us. It's on us. Jesus is with us in our journey. His presence is that centering peace that enables us to go on a journey where we are literally healed on the way, not exhausted, not strained, but following his rhythms of rest and worship, community, a time for everything we are able to be trained we want to not be strained, but we want to be trained in his way. Just a few quick pictures I have for you that uh, help me to understand this, what it looks like to be in sync with what God is doing, in sync with what he's called us to. I think of rowers. I don't know if you've ever watched the Cambridge-Oxford race on the Thames River, and those rowers just... 
all, many of them in one boat, pulling perfectly in sync. And there's a caller in the front, and he's, I don't know what exactly he says, pull, one, two, three, I don't know what he does. But as he's calling out to this group of rowers, they row perfectly in sync. Nobody is out of sync, and therefore the boat is incredibly fast and has incredible power. Another image I had was of a muscle, a muscle that is twitching all in time, uh, all attached to the bone, perfectly, um, perfectly aligned, and therefore able to all twitch simultaneously to give that power that is needed for movement. In fact, chiropractors would say the most important thing for an athlete is to keep his skeleton, to keep his, his spine in line so that his muscles have something to hold themselves against, something to align themselves to. Like the rowers to the caller, our muscles align themselves to our spine. And then even just the rhythm of poetry, the beauty of poetry, the cadence that it has, that as the words are put to rhythm, they seem to have not only more beauty, but also more power. Isn't that incredible? So working in rhythm, working together, working in the, to the cadence that Jesus has set for us allows us to not only be beautiful, but also to have far more power, power into the future, power to dig our feet into the ground and run our race, knowing that there are people that are depending on us running our race. God has called us to it, and he has a very specific plan for us to run our race. He has got things depending on it because he has called us to a particular purpose. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. The unforced rhythms of grace. He won't lay anything ill-fitting or heavy on us. Keep company with Jesus, he says, and you'll le learn to live freely and lightly. Anthem, we have raced with men on foot, and we have learned and sometimes stumbled. We have sometimes stumbled, I'm sure, during this time. But we are called to run with the horses. We are called to something great. We are called to an incredible future. Won't you, with me, choose to find that gravity, choose to find more of Jesus, more of his centering, his centering call so that we could follow like the caller, like the muscles with the, with the spine, like poetry that has rhythm, following his rhythms and with those rhythms, just easily being able to have power that actually is easy, power that is unforced and that is what we are being called to, that is what he has for us, that is the race ahead of us. Will you run with me? Will you find his presence as well? I wonder if you've been listening to this message and as, as I've been speaking, you've wondered, I also would love to give my life to Jesus. I want to be joined to him. I want to be yoked with him, so to speak. And I would love to be able to toss off, just throw off the sin that has entangled me, that has hindered me, the worry, the unforgiveness, the resentment, the addictions, the obsessions with things other than God. If that is you, I have great news for you. God would love to do that for you. And that is exactly what Jesus ran and finished his race for. So if you would like us to pray for you, all you have to do if you're watching on anthemchurch.tv is click the button right now that says, I will, I, I want to give my life to Jesus. And wherever you're watching, you are able to contact us on info at anthem.org.za so that we can pray for you and help you take your next step. But I'd like to pray for you right now. God, I thank you for those listening who have said it's time, who have called out your name, Jesus, will you save me? 
Jesus, I throw off the sin that is entangling me, that is hindering me, and I want to run with you. I want to be yoked or joined to nothing but you. Would you take my sin away? Would you take it away? Would you nail it to the cross? And would you join my life with yours so that I could work and walk with you? Amen. Amen. If you have prayed that prayer, please get hold of us. And wherever you are watching from, we would love to connect with you. We have life groups that run online. And so it would be great if you could contact us so that we could connect you up with one if you are not already part of one. And if you are, I hope you have a wonderful time this week connecting with those who are your friends in Anthem. And thank you so much to all of you for joining us. It has been wonderful to be with you. And I hope that you have a wonderful week.